Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Rob Talks podcast. And this is episode 17. Now, this is an incredibly important episode, as today's topic is all to do with why sleep is important for our mental health. Now, sleep is something that is incredibly important for both our physical health and for our mental health. But that's not just why I'm talking about sleep. I've also been, I'm also wanting to talk about sleep as today's topic because I've been struggling with it. And I'm sure that there are so many of you out there, particularly my age, and to be honest, it doesn't really matter what age you are. I'm sure there are many of you listening who actually struggle with this yourself and struggle to go to sleep. And some people even suffer with insomnia. Now, I personally haven't suffered with insomnia, but recently I've found getting to finally go to sleep has been really tricky for me. And so I've been doing a lot of research and been doing a lot of reading around and finding out more of how I can improve my own sleeping patterns and my own habits in my day-to-day life to help me go to sleep. And so I wanted to share that with you guys. But firstly, let's answer this question of why sleep is so important for us. Now, I'm sure that recently you will have realized that the clocks have gone forward. Now, this has happened across the world in the clocks changing. And I only found out about this recently. But from a study that was actually conducted, and this was to do with monitoring of sleep and how it then monitored according to medical cases across the world. And it's actually really interesting to see how how by just the change in sleeping patterns by one hour, that one hour change that we have uh, across the world, I believe at least across the world, it's probably different in different time zones. But that one hour change that we have dramatically actually increases the amount of medical cases that they see in hospitals. So what do I mean by this? Essentially, when when we have the clocks going forward by one hour, it is shown that those suffering strokes and heart attacks massively goes up. Now, this is just a spike, but the spike doesn't come from absolutely nothing. It's actually come from the fact of just within that night, people are getting less sleep. And so from that, it can then cause them to then become drastically ill, in this case, quite extreme cases. But we have to zoom out from just that particular case of when the clocks change and understand sleep as a whole, because it is actually shown from studies and from research that currently, because of our generation, our kind of human race right now we are being deprived of sleep because we have so many things that are distracting us and so many behaviors that are so normal now in these days in these times that it actually means that we are having less sleep than our previous ancestors and previous generations of people before us and consequently the there's been a dramatic rise in chronic cases of different chronic medical illnesses. We've seen a rise in heart disease, we've seen a rise in strokes and type 2 diabetes and loads of other illnesses. And a lot of it has been because of sleep and our lack of sleep. And so we have to also understand that 
yes, it's quite alarming. I understand it's quite scary of how sleep is actually really detrimental and can affect us and can even affect us when we're not realizing it for our longer term life. So, so many of us who I'm sure who are listening are kind of similar to my age will probably understand that it's easy to have the attitude of that, ah, I'm in my 20s or I'm in my teenage years. It doesn't actually matter that much about something now because it's not going to affect me until ages down the line. But it's actually true that from just as having bad sleeping patterns within our teenage years, within our 20s, within our 30s, it can then mean that we develop dementia that only shows when we are older. It means that we can develop these illnesses and we don't see them right now and we don't see them within our young kind of adult period, but they then will affect us later on in life. And sleep has also had a massive correlation in terms of people's mental health. And that a lack of sleep can then relate to you struggling with feeling depressed or feeling anxious. And it is entirely understandable also that if you are struggling with feeling depressed or feeling anxious, or you actually are struggling with a medical illness of being depressed or having an anxiety disorder, that your sleep is then affected. And so it's a massive thing that we have to fix, especially in here and now to create better habits and to create better times to help us to get to sleep and that's what i'm aiming to also do for myself now we are meant to get around about seven to eight hours of sleep every night and i'll be honest there are some nights where i can achieve that personally and there are lots of nights where i don't and it's a lot more towards five or six hours probably more six five and less than that on really bad nights if i've had a lot of work to do or if i've done lots of habits that have meant that i've stayed up so for example having caffeine late into the day or late into the evening not having exercise for the whole day not having going gone out for the day or even my classic case is usually having eaten something that is very sweet and sugary and so that is keeping me awake but also there are things that we don't think about as much, which can be all related to our thoughts. And so our mental health in the daytime is so important because our mental health in the daytime and our mental well-being in the daytime can then affect us when we're trying to get to bed and trying to get to sleep. And this happens a lot for me personally, because a lot of the time I'm very much capable of being able to get through the day and get through what I need to do and feel as though that I have a control on my mental health. But sleep is this weird thing of where life goes from going really fast to all of a sudden going at a really slow pace and we're really only concentrating on one particular action and there isn't anything distracting us when we shut our eyes and we're lying in bed and trying to go to sleep. And so in that moment of clarity and focus, it then in fact means for me personally, all my thoughts that I've kind of been hiding away for the day come up to the surface and come up to the forefront of my thinking. And sometimes they verge off into dreams, but a lot of the time they don't. And they sit there and they annoy me and mean that I can't get to sleep. So for one, how do you deal with that? And I think one of the answers is for the fact of to deal with our mental health better in the day. 
to do more daily things and more daily habits, which means that for myself personally, I can process my thoughts. I can process what I am thinking about. I can process anything that is going through my head so that I don't have to process it when I'm trying to get to sleep. And you can do this through a multitude of different ways, through exercising, through journaling, through meditation, through just allowing for even 10 minutes of just absolutely nothing happening. No electronic devices, no electronic screens, no artificial light. If needs be, just sitting in the dark to just calm everything down and to allow myself to allow anything that may be kind of deep within my brain, within my thoughts to come to the surface. And then I can write about it within my journal or I can at least think about it and process what's going on through my head. And I feel as though that is something that I feel a lot, but I feel like there is probably a lot more people than I realize out there feeling the exact same thing. And so it's okay if you are struggling to get to sleep because with the way that the world is, there are so many things that are causing us to struggle to sleep. And trust me, this is very much a shared problem. This isn't something that should feel too individualistic, that it is only you struggling and everybody else is sleeping fine. Trust me, you can just tell from especially within a university style group of young adults that when you speak to people that everybody is struggling some way, somehow in getting to sleep. And it is a lot of the time because of habits that we do in our day to day lives. So now beg the question of what are the solutions how do we get around all these problems and all these bad habits that may be happening in our lives or distractions that are causing us to struggle with our sleep and so i have written down some solutions because there were so many that you can potentially do i thought i would just go through things that have kind of worked for me but also i would personally recommend but feel free to search about this on google because there are so many solutions out there that you can try and this is very much not a blanket solution some things work for some people and some things work for others and so one of the first things that i wanted to think about was in terms of light exposure so there is a measurement that is called LUX, L-U-X, and that is to do with the amount of light exposure that we get as humans. And once you understand this, it is kind of crazy the amount of light exposure that we actually get. When we go outside, even on an overcast, cloudy day, the level of LUX is in the thousands. And when you go outside on a really sunny day, it's tens of thousands. But if you sit in an office or you sit inside all day, even with the kind of light that I'm currently getting from a window, it is only in the hundreds. And that difference, that slight difference in the amount of LUX level that you get, the lux level that you get can then affect your circadian rhythm. This is why it is so important to help your sleeping pattern and to help your circadian rhythm to get outside, to get natural light to go onto you, to be able to have that time of being able to not be just stuck inside and have an opportunity to go outside. 
And I'm sure for one, this is why probably many of our sleeping patterns were affected within COVID, especially within countries of where lockdowns were so severe that you couldn't even go outside unless you needed to go shopping or something. And so now as the world slowly but surely kind of opens up, we need to take those opportunities. Take just 10 minutes or whatever time it may be to just go outside particularly in the morning, it can massively help to help wake you up and to help you then sleep better that night. And it's even an opportunity for you to then combine something else potentially, which another point is exercise. It's shown that if you exercise a lot, it then makes you tired, which then means that you sleep better that night. And I, for one, definitely know this because the days that I run and I do running training every so often in the week, but the days that I do running training compared to the days where I just rest, I sleep so much better. And it's also the opportunity to get outside, to get into the fresh air and to really for one, myself, help my mental well-being stay strong and for me to feel good and to feel healthy in a weird way. And so that can massively help you as well with your sleep. And there's also this element that I'm sure so many of us kind of don't always consider, or maybe we do, I'm not sure, it is our level of caffeine intake. So it is shown that if you have a coffee, say at 12 in the middle of the day, only half of the caffeine from that coffee cup will be gone by the time it is 6 p.m., which I never realized that that's how long it lasted. But that is insane because it means that by the time you're going to bed, there is still caffeine in your body. But I'm sure as many people listening, sometimes we like to have a coffee or a cup of tea or something that is caffeinated in the afternoon as well. I'm a massive tea drinker. I know I'm in Norway at the moment and so I don't actually drink as much tea here. But back home in England, I drink so much tea. I've drank multiple cups in a day and you never think about it. You never think about the effects that it actually has on your body and then consequently the effects that it has on your sleep. And so we have to be careful with our caffeine intake and make sure that we aren't taking so much of it, especially as we're looking towards the afternoon. I don't see why you can't have it in the morning. This isn't like a kind of thing to say, stop drinking coffee or stop drinking anything with caffeine in it. But we have to be able to regulate better when we're actually having caffeine so that we understand the fact that it will affect us later on in the day. And there's also something additional really to caffeine because caffeine can sometimes seem seem as a kind of addiction that we can have. And another addiction that you can have is towards drugs, but in particular alcohol. And alcohol is something that, especially within my age group, we're kind of in an age right now of where you go out, you have fun on a Friday or Saturday or whenever it may be, and we drink a lot of alcohol. It's notably very normal and is kind of seen as the social norm that you have to go out and drink a lot and that you have to get drunk. But we have to understand that drinking those levels of alcohol sometimes is going to affect us. It affects in how you feel and the over, the, how over hung you feel the next day can affect your fatigue and affect your physical health. And so even levels of alcohol can affect our sleep as well. And so we have to be careful in terms of how much alcohol we actually consume and make sure that we aren't 
consuming it to such a level that it is entirely butchering your sleeping patterns and butchering your circadian rhythm. And so that's another thing that I think in particularly for my age group, at least, is quite important to consider and is something that I'm forever thinking about in trying to make sure that I can have a nice time as a young adult, but also making sure that I don't drink too much and do not drink to excess. And another thing that we have to consider is in regards to light is how much artificial light we're getting because that can affect us as well. And this is why I'm saying that we have to go outside and get real light, because if we allow too much of our days to just be filled with artificial light, it will really affect us, in particularly when we are going to sleep. I'm sure that everybody has heard about blue light. Blue light is kind of the, the trigger word that always comes about when people are talking about going on your phone late at night or being on your laptop or whatever screen you are looking at late at night. And it's true. Blue light affects us and blue light is what keeps us awake. And so sometimes from even the time that you've switched off your laptop or your mobile phone, it can take an hour or even longer for you to even get to the point of starting to try and actually start to get to sleep. And so it can massively affect us. And so it is really hard because I know for a fact that everybody that you talk to, or at least the majority of people you talk to my age, we all have our phones by our bedside. We all have our phones nearby. And it is always the first thing that you look at, and it's always the last thing that you look at. And so we have to find ways that we can kind of change that and switch that up. For example, one of the simplest things is to just charge your phone in a different room. By doing that, you can then force yourself to buy an alarm clock which I actually have now myself, to then be able to wake up without looking at your phone as the first thing, but also not going to bed and looking at your phone as the last thing. And making sure that we try and instill habits that we enjoy that mean that we don't have to be involved with screens. So I know for one that probably one of the biggest reasons why I've been struggling to sleep is the fact that one of the nicest times of where I am free and I've done all my work and done everything is right before I'm going to bed. And so it's really easy to just put on YouTube or put on Netflix on your laptop or on your phone and just watch an episode or two or watch a series or whatever it may be to entertain yourself and to just have a bit of me time. But the problem with that is, is when it isn't regulated, it will then affect your sleep. And I know for a fact it has affected mine. And so it's something that I'm trying to change. So you have to consider what could you do instead? And I think for me, it could be something as simple as reading a book or listening to an audiobook, or even doing a bit of meditation, doing journaling, allowing myself to do something that is different, but also something that is relaxing. And that is something that is incredibly important finding something that is going to let you calm down and relax and be able to get to sleep. And so this is something else I wanted to touch upon as a relaxing activity, which I think works for some people. And that is sleep stories. Now, I'm sure many of you have heard of these and they are on an app that is called Calm and Calm is a mindfulness and meditation app, but also has a section that is there to help you with sleep. And 
I've tried these and in fact these sleep stories that a lot of the time are narrated by quite famous celebrities including LeBron James, Harry Styles, Idris Elba, many people, they are really helpful and in particular when you connect with the story and you connect with the music as you're listening I have found them personally to be incredibly relaxing and so if there is any time that I ever want to relax I just switch one of those on as before I'm going to bed and it just helps everything to calm down and helps my thoughts to calm down as well. It personally doesn't actually get me to sleep, but I have heard and seen from testimonials that some people are not able to actually get through the whole of the stories because of how good they are at putting them to sleep. And so that's something else that I highly recommend that you check out. And if you want me to do a sleep story, I don't know, maybe you do. I've been told I have a pretty good voice sometimes <laughs> as a voice over voice. Let me know in the comments below and maybe we'll make it happen. But I think there is also the classic remedies and solutions that you can think of. And that is for one, probably one of my last resorts is something that has been a habit for myself a lot ever since I was a kid of when I'm struggling to sleep. And that is simply, you go to the toilet, I'm gonna to be straight about this. You go to the toilet, and then once you've been to the toilet, you have a drink, and then you go to bed. I don't know what, a, what it is about doing that. I don't understand any form of science behind it. I think if anything, it's more psychological and more in my head. But because that's a habit that I have done so many times as a child, and has helped me to get to sleep when I was a kid, it then means it helps me to get to sleep now. And it's because I think a lot of it is just down to belief. It's belief that if I have this cup of milk or I have this glass of water, I will then go back to bed and I will feel like I can actually go to sleep now. And so we have to understand what are those habits that kind of make your sleeping routine work? What are those things that positively help you to get to sleep? Is it having a glass of water? Is it reading a book right before you go to bed? Is it just listening to a little bit of music and then going to sleep? Whatever it is that works for you, just try and do it and see if you can do it on a repetitive basis to work out whether it is actually helping you or not. But overall, I hope that these tips will help you and help you to find solutions that can help you to get to sleep. But one thing that I haven't maybe mentioned as much is how sleep affects our mental health. So I have mentioned in terms of how this can sleep can massively affect you in terms of how you feel if you're feeling depressed or feeling anxious or if you are struggling with depression or an anxiety disorder or many different types of medical illnesses can be affected by how well we sleep. But ultimately, it has been shown that there is a part of sleep that is a part of sleep that is a deep part of our sleep. So it's when we are sleeping really deeply and I believe it's called REM. So it's when rapid eye movement happens. And what actually happens in your brain is that as you are sleeping, your brain starts to strengthen again. It starts to repair itself and even parts of your body start to repair themselves, including your immune system. And there has been shown to be quite a big link between the health of your immune system relating to the health of your mental health. And so it's a massive thing that the more time we allow for us to sleep and the healthy amount of time that you allow us to sleep for, the seven to eight hours kind of beautiful mark that we get there, that will help you to then 
help your mental health and to help your mental well-being, as well as on top of helping your physical health. And being in that deep sleep as well, we don't always realize it because, of course, we're dreaming and we're sleeping, but it can massively help us in terms of any thoughts that we have and processing any thoughts that we have. And it's very much something that happens a lot more subconsciously, and it's not something at the front of your head of where you're working out how to solve things or how to problem solve. It's something that happens a lot more subconsciously. But that's why sleep is so, so important. And I think if there's anything that you take away from this podcast episode, it's understanding, for one, how important sleep is for both our mental health and our physical health, but that for particularly people in my age group I'm really reaching out to right now, we have to understand how important sleep is for our future because sleep can massively affect how our futures will pan out and how our physical health will pan out and how our mental health will pan out. So if you are struggling to sleep, try these solutions, do your own research. Even you can speak to your doctor or GP about it, or you can even speak to a therapist or counselor or psychologist about it, and they can help you. They can really help you if you're really struggling with insomnia, or if you are really struggling to get to sleep. Because sleep at the end of the day, I've always thought of it as quite an annoying thing. It's annoying the fact that we have to go to sleep. There are sometimes times where I wish that we didn't have to sleep as humans, that you could just click your fingers and you're ready to go again. But in fact, we need to prioritize sleep more. And sleep, in fact, is surprisingly important. And I would say even is as important as our day-to-day lives and how we look after ourselves, look after our physical health, but also our mental health. You have been listening to the Rob Talks podcast. Thank you so much for listening. This is the end of episode 17. Please send me a message if there is any other topics that you would like me to talk about or if there's anything that you'd like me to focus upon or if you have any kind of comments or you want any kind of direction with these videos as I know I've been doing lots of podcast podcast episodes recently and I do not worry there will be interviews coming sooner rather than later hopefully fingers crossed that's all going to get set up but please let me know your thoughts and Just hit me up if you want to chat about anything that I've spoken about in today's episode, in previous episodes or anything. I hope that everybody stays safe and stays well for the rest of the week. And I will see you next week for the next Rob Talks podcast episode. You have just been listening to the Rob Talks podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And please make sure to subscribe and give me a follow on YouTube, Spotify, Instagram, Facebook, or even LinkedIn. And I will speak with you soon. Stay safe and have a great week.